0: Welcome to Euricron, a podcast about people whose names you may not be familiar with now, but you will remember their stories. Hi, I'm Scott Pitney, the host for Euricron. So without further ado, let's jump right into our next extraordinary story. We welcome our next guest on Your Cron, Ed Womble. Ed has always enjoyed being outdoors, and between three of his passions, baseball, bicycles, and skateboards, Ed chose skateboards, even selecting his college, the University of Florida, because they had a quality skate park and a skateboard fraternity. Ed's passion today is still skateboards, and he's shifted his passion to helping kids learn from his experiences with skateboarding ed's passion for skateboarding started in the late 70s and within a year he was winning skateboard contests. wanting to share his passion and winning experiences ed started boards for bros in 2006 located in tampa florida ed is now in north carolina and for this christmas boards for bros will be distributing 200 skateboards to kids who ed would like every child to experience skateboarding having fun while getting exercise and learning life lessons a very cool thing to do ed welcome to your cron hey
1: thank you so much how are you today
0: i'm doing great a little rainy and cool here in the uh houston area but uh as soon as that gets out of here we're looking for a nice day how's how are things in north carolina
1: well we're waiting for your weather to come up the coast (laughs) and get and get us but it's um it's a saturday and i get to talk about skateboarding so i'm i'm all in
0: yeah um of course uh i i had my time with skateboarding dating myself a little bit um i came from the era I think and I think you and I are kind of from the same era but when they started skateboarding in pools but even before that I remember skateboarding on on steel wheels as a kid and uh that is just this one sport that has really evolved in the last uh, 50 years or so
1: yeah I mean and I'm I'm right there with you steel wheels clay wheels loose ball bearings um the technology came a long way um the industry or how should I say it society and the insurance business tried really hard to kill the sport um, with uh, liability and closing skate parks in the in the 80s um, to 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 where it forced everyone to the streets to skate on the streets because it was the only place to do it or in a ramp that someone built in their backyard. And so for you know the, the dark ages was like the early eighties to the mid nineties. And that was when you know Billy Bob would build a ramp somewhere in Kansas and you know, a couple thousand people would descend on it for for a big contest and just until they you know there's so many people there that they would make them knock down the ramp. So this the sport itself is Is strong and and it's like the state of union. It's it's a strong sport, and it has illustrated that by 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 being um, it's refusing to die. And now it's in the Olympics. So um, there's a lot of uh, different uh, types of skateboarding you can do: freestyle, vertical, riding in bowls. Uh, slalom, downhill, sliding, all kinds of different things you can do and it's all about freedom of expression and, and it's a lot of fun. So um you know, I was all in for that. It was um skateboarding, uh, I played you mentioned I played baseball. Uh you could you could have an unassisted double play, a couple of putouts and go 3 for 4 with a home run and lose the game. Um, well, there's no I in team and team, and it's been said that there's no we either. Um, but skateboarding is like golf. Um, very strange. I want to let that sink in a little bit. But everybody gets to take their turn, and the park or the course is the same for everybody. And it's you against them. And it's a uh, it's really funny because if you go to one golf course, you know it's a fade course or a draw course. And some, some courses you can't play very well, but you go to another course and you and I'm really good at this game. Um, same thing happens with skating. You like to go from location to location and, mm-hmm. and learn little bits and little places that are fun to, to do those type of uh, moves that you might not be able to do at your home course.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned um, go- golf is a, is a, interesting analogy because that is also one of the few sports where you select your equipment, you select the ball, you know other sports, football, baseball, team sports, everybody uses the same ball. you might you know choose your shoes or glove or something like that. but the ball um, is, is the same for everybody. In skateboarding, you obviously are choosing your your own equipment. So how important does that come into play?
1: It's extremely important. Um, it has to do with a couple of things. The discipline, what are you trying to do? You know, are you trying to go through cones? Um, or are you trying to ride in a, you know, vertical, you know, arena of any sort, the mega ramp or a pool? Um, or are you doing some sort of freestyle or what they call street skating? So you take those things and you go, okay, I've got this. Well, you set those to the side. Now, uh, how big are you? You know, I'm five foot four, and I weigh hundred pounds or I'm four foot eight and I'm 10 years old. So now you you don't want a, a really big, huge skateboard for a small person. It's almost, uh, it's, it's better to think of it as like surfing. Um, you can't go out on, you know, big Hawaiian waves on a five foot surfboard, you've got to have the appropriate um, equipment to float you, you don't, you don't, it's the same thing with bicycles. So you, you don't ride a BMX bike in a, um, track race. You've got to have the, the appropriate uh, equipment and a lot of guys, a lot of the pros and slalom, especially it's very specialized. They have fishing tackle boxes full of different bearings and wheels and all kinds of stuff to tweak their final setups. Um, before the competition begins.
0: Hmm. So in the intro, I mentioned that uh, skateboarding, you kind of chose that passion in the late seventies. Talk about your, your story leading up to that Ed, Tell us, tell us about yourself leading up to that time in your life when you chose skateboarding, how did that develop?
1: Okay. So when I was uh, about 11 years old, I, uh, my parents moved us to Clearwater, Florida, from North Carolina. Um, I lived at that point a couple miles from the Gulf of Mexico, and my parents started building their company. and I was uh, pretty much free to move about. Uh, you know, a terrible, terrible childhood of you know being on the Gulf of Mexico in sugar sand and. and water skiing and and all that stuff. So I was still playing baseball. I made all-stars just about every year that I played. I played till I was 16. And um, then I I met my best friend. Uh, I was at another guy's house and George McClellan. He's the great, great grandson of General George McClellan. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, He came walking up the driveway uh, with a skateboard and he was walking the skateboard sideways. And so this is 74 and I'd never seen anybody do that before. And the old skateboard that I had got lost somewhere in the move. So, uh, I guess at that point, you know, so I was 74 or whatever it is now, 40 years later, you know, we're still best friends. Um, so I started, I started learning how to uh, try to build a skateboard, you know, try to get the parts and the, the urethane wheels were out, but they still had loose ball bearings and there was no skate parks. And so I can remember vividly saving $16 to buy four $4 wheels and then having to borrow the tax money from a friend of mine and then realizing that I didn't have enough money to buy bearings. I didn't even realize that you had to buy the bearings. I thought they came with the wheels. So I had to walk home with brand new wheels, but no bearings, <laughs> and um, and ever since you know, ever since then, it's always been this quest to get you know the right equipment. Um, as you look at o- old videos and stuff, you can see uh, by the shape of the board, the width of the board, the equipment, and and the the, uh, the pads you're wearing, what date it is that didn't state stamps the whole thing. I started with hockey pads, the pull on fabric pads, which um, pulled off just as easy. As soon as you hit, you know, concrete with sweaty knees, you wound up with a nice big, big um, scar, which I had, I had a, a scar on my right knee. I still have it. It feels different than anywhere else on my body. Um, and that was for about three years. It was a, a wound there. I won't say the other word. <laughs> it's, uh, it's and pretty
0: gnarly. Sk- skateboarding, uh, wound, uh, I, I assume. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Skateboarding w- one, uh, for sure. Um, and, and that was the tw- funny thing is that, 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 the pain from that wound while I can still remember it, you know, 40 years later, it didn't stop me from going out the next day Mm. and continuing to get better. Um, Skating is, uh, I think you're either drawn to it. People, people ask me uh, often, they say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy my kid a skateboard. He wants a skateboard. And and I'll go, go to Walmart and buy a $40 one. And they're like, what, what you know? I've got money. I, I want to get him the best one, and I'm saying, no, you don't. You want to get him a piece of junk and see if he won't stay off it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if he runs it into the ground and he's on it every waking moment, then you know, then you can go out and get invest in a skateboard for him mm-hmm. or her. Excuse me, don't want uh, to to uh, exclude anyone. Mm-hmm. So. So once, you know, if, if you have the genetic marker that says I'm going to just be ate up with skateboarding, you just always plenty of time because you're always wearing stuff out. So, you know, I mean, I got my kids to skateboard. I got my two daughters skateboards and I rode with them for a little while, but they didn't want to ride them unless I was out riding with them. Mm-hmm. And there's your indicator. If it's not enough feedback for you and enough, Adrenaline and enough endorphins to get stoked by maybe going a little faster than you're used to or going down a hill or doing some sort of trick you're, you're new at and you pull it off and you get past wow I survived that's awesome and then you go well I want to do it again um, that is th- that that's the key to it that's the whole thing where the hard work pays off with the fun and the and the camaraderie, and um, you know, talking to other people uh, when you go to contests. So it's a, uh, it's pretty cool because it was so long ago that it was before TV uh, got a hold of it. There was there's no internet when I was doing it. So you are on your own until uh, Skateboarder magazine came out once a month, and you could you could afraid of whichever God you pray to to try to get your picture in that magazine. Um, because that was everything. That was the only way anybody was going to find out about you and sponsor you. So it was, a, uh, it was, uh, it was an amazing quest. And I wound up, did get my picture in there. Um, it didn't uh, give me any, <laughs> I can't retire on that, but it was, um, it was really, really exciting.
0: Um, oh yeah, that's it. very cool, very cool. And that was you got your picture in the skateboard magazine. What year was that, Ed?
1: So that was seventy nine, I believe.
0: Okay, oh, so was oh, at, yeah. um
1: It was kind of funny. I was at uh, so summer of seventy nine. I was not a pro skateboarder. But I was uh, home for the summer, well, not for the summer, I was home for the contest. They had a skateboard con- t- contest in Clearwater. And that um, park, it was where I was, I was terrible at that park. And then I went to college, and there was this Sensation Basin in Gainesville, Florida. And it um, it was really, really advanced. So when I would go home for the weekend, or home for a contest in this case, that park was just this little tiny park. It was real. It wasn't intimidating to me at all. So I got, I was there at the Clearwater pro contest and I was, I was was skating. I mean, I didn't care. I wasn't in the contest and nobody was throwing me out. So I kept skating and I remember one of the photographers for a skateboarder magazine, Jim Goodrich, he was there and um and he was you could see i mean everybody had eyes on him anybody who wanted to get in the magazine which i mean is that was like the holy grail that was the, the way to to move up and um he saw a move that i was doing and he he changed his position so he could take a picture of me doing it so i I dropped in, I did the move, which was a front side aerial off of a vertical plexiglass into a half pipe. Um, And so I did that a couple of times. And then I was waiting in line with another uh, skater, well, everybody, but Mike Fomer was right beside me. And I said, Mike, do what I do. And, uh, you know, Goodrich has already set up. He's already taking pictures of me doing it. And sure enough, we wound up in the magazine beside each other, comparison of styles. Nice. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Mike was, you know, he was famous. He skated for uh, Sims, Indy, a couple other, uh, he went on to, he, he was a lot better than I was, but that day we were equal. We got in the magazine together.
0: It was, uh, it was a good time. Very cool, very cool. You mentioned building your first skateboard. Um, t- talk about what you building skateboards, obviously, on a regular basis now. Talk, talk about the general process of building a skateboard, starting with the design and, and where it goes from there.
1: Okay. Um, m- most of the boards are of two sizes. They're, we call them popsicle sticks because that's kind of what they look like. Mm-hmm. And you either get a mini or a... One that's seven and a half, seven and five eight, something eight inches wide. Um, it's it's personal, you know, preference. I ride an old school board, which is big, fat thing that was, you know, prominent in the late seventies and early eighties. Once you select a deck, though, it's like pulling a surfboard out of a rack. You're you're like, well, this this board will be really good for this. So let's just for a of discussion, say I'm setting up a board to ride when I was at my prime. So I'd get, I'd get the best board, you know, i you know, you're shopping for them all the time, trying to figure out which one you want. It's got the, the right concave to it and the right shape to it and strong enough, but it's light. So once you get that, the board, the fun begins because now you're like, okay, now what am I going Well, this is brand new. So I'm going to put brand new trucks on this thing. The trucks are the turning devices and independent is the brand that I've always skated since they came out. Um, and so you get your set of independent trucks, you put one on the front and the back, and then you say, okay, I'm going to put, um, uh, Sims cubics wheels or whichever wheels that you, You know, skate park formula, they're called, um, SPFs. And then you put as much money into bearings as you can afford. And the reason for that little flip remark is because speed is everything. It's easy to slow down. It's hard work to create speed by pumping. So if you can make it as easy on yourself as possible, then it's, uh, especially if you, you complete a maneuver of some sort and come down and you've got no speed, you've got to generate that speed and get back up going, uh, and do it because you've only got 45 seconds to impress the judges. Um, and, and that's the way the old formats were. So you would, you do that. So now you've got, uh, a deck that's got trucks, wheels, bearings on it, and you've got grip tape on the top. This sounds like no doubt. Well, back in the old days, I mean, we would we'd have to go and get sandpaper and glue it to our boards. There wasn't any good grip tape. Mm-hmm. That, that, the, that stuff is, you know, all, <laughs> I don't know how you say it, in the modern era right it's um it's part of it and then there was little little pieces you could put on there nose guard you could put um rail guards on there so you could have a place where you would grip the board and it would be a um it's like a plastic pvc rail so so it wouldn't scratch the bottom of the board and it would give you something to hold on to when you would if you needed to do an aerial and, and hold the board And then you could put a tail uh, block on there, too, which would be a little piece that would help keep the back of your board from getting worn down. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of stuff to it. And you really, after you do that, the most fun thing ever, now you get to put stickers on it. (laughs) So you've got to make your sticker job, you know, be really good. Take two or three of the same sticker and cut it uh, curvy lines through it with a razor knife. And then make the stickers all custom. That was, um. there was a whole lot of, and some skaters are, are, are really well known for how well put together they are. Uh, you know, everything matches, all the pads are perfect. Um, I was more utilitarian. I would let my skating do the talking, but it's, um, I was always kind of jealous of the guys that could afford all that stuff. I was trying to go to college and, and skate. And so, I mean, you, you your, your budget was uh, limited. So what we tried to do was get free stuff. And that was, the, that was the way you got sponsored. You would get, you were on flow. You would get um, wheels, bearings, you'd get this, you know, maybe a couple sets of trucks and a box of you wheel know, with five boards in it or something. And that was, those are the that's better than Christmas when you hear the UPS truck coming or the post office truck coming and they drop off a big, a big you know, box of uh, equipment that's yours, all yours. You don't have to pay for it, you pay for it with the skin and blood already. Um, and then you, you ride it and hopefully represent that company well. Uh, you know, t- look at Tony Hawk, he, he did that pretty well, I think.
0: Yeah, I so. think I would, I would agree. I would agree. So, what is your uh, toolbox look like yeah 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 do you have do you have a shop uh set up but you know what describe your shop and and what's in your toolbox for making skateboards
1: okay so the basic thing is a it's got a half inch and nine sixteenths and a three-eighths inch socket kind of built into it looks like a t um i I mean, if, if that's all I needed is in, to set up a new board for myself, that's one thing. But the, my toolbox, you, you asked me about mine. So mine is a whole bunch of DeWalt drills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a four-foot-wide by eight-foot-long piece of – couple pieces of plywood on a bench that lives up against the wall. But when it's build time, I slide that thing out, and now I have this 32-square-feet. And I put up, we have a bearing press, which is a a mechanism that you can push the bearings into the wheels. Um, Because if you're doing, you know, (laughs) if you're doing eight bearings, two to a a wheel for your board, that's great. You know, you can, you can fight with that all day or you can force the bearings in there somehow. But if you're trying to put together 200 skateboards, that's 1600 wheels. It's, um, I don't even know if my math's right anymore. It's a lot. (laughs) So, and, and you wind up, I mean, I just got done a couple of weeks ago putting together the 200 and I think it took two weeks before I could open my iPhone with my thumbprint (laughs) because this, this, the grip tape had worn the, the skin down so much that I had no, um, no fingerprint. Wow. Um, so you have that you have uh, see we have uh, uh, we take uh, stencils so we can spray paint our name on the grip tape. we got tons of spray paint um, and then it's just uh, you know it's just a lot of a lot of guys you know this year my daughter was here she was helping me and um, I mean just putting together that many skateboards on one day is. You need more than just enough to put together one. You need multiples. And we're talking about. So I have uh, all the peanut butter I eat, which I could live on peanut butter for the record. I mean, uh, under oath, I could live on peanuts and peanut butter. <laughs> Those jars are full of uh, the truck mounting hardware, bearings, spacers, little speed bearings. There's all kinds of little tiny little pieces and parts that we want to make these boards as, as high quality as we can on the low, you know, on the, on the best budget. So you want to have all the parts there and everything that we put on the boards is brand new, but the boards themselves are most, most of them are donated. Um, so it's a, uh, the, tool, the tools are standard but you can have lots of different flavors
0: yeah you um, you, you mentioned that there's the, the importance of the equipment and different tracks and things like that for a professional skateboarder how many boards do they typically have in their in their arsenal so to speak
1: it's it's um Okay, so let's just use Tony Hawk because um, it's everybody's familiar with him.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Another a good name would be Rodney Mullen to look up as well. Um, but so those two guys are the top of the game, and they ride in two different arenas. So Rodney used to have two uh, freestyle skateboards, one to do all of his freestyle stuff, almost all those little tricks, and then he had another board that had really tiny little wheels on the back. And that was just, that board was solely for doing three sixties. And he could do like 60 in a row, just spin away. And, you know, you know, do like, I don't know how he did it. I, it made me nauseous just watching him do it. <laughs> now, Tony, Tony's going to have a ball board and he's going to have whatever his most recent one is and the, the one that he has been skating on the most one of the um and typically what you do is obviously tony's going to have tons more he's got more in the car he's got more in his garage he's got more and he can build another one because he's got the same setup and it's not as it's not as investigative because he's building a new board every uh, he probably goes through a board a week wow yeah because he i mean he's doing extreme tricks And when you put, you push, uh, the wood to its limit and you come down on it and you're not, your weight's not distributed, then you can over flex the board and crack it. A lot of the boards we get are cracked, but you can't tell until you beat them, like, uh, beating a bat on home plate and you can feel that it's broken. Um, so. So, the, mo- most of the time, kids only have the one skateboard. I always encourage them to have two, and wherever you're going to fall, because there's always a move you're going to fall on. And if you're always falling in one place, this is to let your dad stand there with another skateboard. So, if you wipe out there, let him hand you the other one, and you can keep doing your run and not have to go chase your skateboard. There's no rules against that yet, but I'm trying. <laughs>
0: So let's shift to Boards for Bros. How did the idea of Boards for Bros come about, Ed?
1: Um, uh, Let's see. I was skating uh, the Bro Bowl, which is uh, a city-owned skate park that was built in uh, 77 in Tampa and uh, never really had a name. It's in Perry Harvey Senior Park is the name of the, the green space. And um, I was skating there Thanksgiving with uh, Paul Schmidt and then some guys from Skate Park of Tampa. So Paul Schmidt is a giant in the industry. He buys, he picks out maple trees in person and has them shipped down. And we could talk about him for hours. Um, but he he's, he's one life in that he loves what he does. So it doesn't have to work. He, he builds all these skateboards. So Paul was there with his daughter and a couple of guys from spot. And I didn't know these guys. I was kind of out of skating. I was getting older. Oh my gosh. So I had one of my daughters, Paul had one of his daughters. And there's a couple of guys from skate park at Tampa. So we're at the bro bowl on, gosh, it was, I think Wednesday before the the Thanksgiving in uh, 2006 and we were, we were skating and there's always kids that were around there because it was HUD housing, section eight type housing. And these kids didn't have a lot to do and they dang sure didn't have skateboards. So they always would like to borrow, you know, Hey, let me, let me ride your skateboard. Let me ride your skateboard. And we were talking and Paul said, why don't we get them skateboards of their own?
2: Mm. and i was like well that's cool i've got a pretty good job and these guys work at
1: the skate park and you make skateboards so he goes i don't know i don't he goes i think we should get other people involved with this and i and i didn't really know what he was talking about so the day after thanksgiving we met i uh, had a business meeting there at skate park at tampa and that's when real i mean i've got to hand it to paul because paul is uh he's just an amazing guy. And he said, he said, we need to get get, um, kids who can afford their own skateboards to donate them when they get a new one. Mm. So you teach a kid to give and, you know, in a charity, you know, that, you know, I want to give back to somebody else who can't afford this. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, you give a kid a chance to skateboard who would never otherwise have the ability to buy one, at least not a good one. So it's kind of like the legs to a chair. You wanna, you don't just wanna give out skateboards. You know, call up all the you know largest corporations you can and try to get um, donations or uh, you know that kind of thing. For we are a 501c3. So 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 I was like, okay. So I said, what are we gonna do? I said, oh, well, we've got you know so. Within about a month, the you know we we gave away forty five um, skateboards um, the Saturday before Christmas, two thousand six. So we we did this, and I was Santa Claus. I rented a Santa outfit, and it was Tampa, Florida. And I'm not one of those savants, but I can tell you on. Uh, the Saturday before Christmas, it was hot. And uh, I was not happy because I was in the Santa suit. Mm. And um, we rolled over, backed up over the curb with this big pickup truck. And um, we had posted signs up there that we were going to give away skateboards. And the media was there. And they were trying, their angle was, um the conflict between the skaters and the people that lived there, mm. but there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. We were we were illustrating how there wasn't one right there. And uh, we gave away all those skateboards. and um, by the time we were done doing it, I looked at Ryan and I said,, uh, we got to do this again. And um excuse me for a minute, sure. it's uh, it's really touched my heart. So I've been doing it for fifteen years.
0: That is awesome. Ed, are there? I know you've gotten to know some of some of these kids along the way in the past fifteen years. Are there any any particular stories with any of these kids that stand out to you?
1: Um, you know, that's one thing that I haven't been able to do is is you know find someone that was gifted a skateboard from any of our, you know, um, chapters. And, you know, and, and I figure, you know, 15 years, right? If the kid's five or he's ten, he's gotta be twenty-five by now. Um but, you know, it's it, as much as I'd like to know, you know, especially if you know if we had a positive impact on any any of their lives, um, I don't really wanna make it's not that I don't want to make the effort to find them. It's just that I'd rather them find us, right? And say, "Hey, you guys helped."
0: Yeah. You mentioned skateboarding can teach life lessons. How so?
1: <laughs> well, um, you have. To, most people, most people, do not get a job and make a lot of money and live happily ever after. Um, most people, they have three, four, five different jobs before they settle on a job. Some people never really settle, but one thing's for sure is that the ones that wind up being successful in whatever, um, definition you want to give successful is, is the people that keep trying to do what they want to do. And if they fail, they keep trying, they get back up, dust themselves up and off, and then they keep trying over and over again. You might have a big scab on your knee like I did. You might, you might have a, I've got a, I've got little creaks and stuff and, you know, popping in, in my, in my body. And, and I, as long as I was skating, I looked elegant when I got off the skateboard, it, I had to limp a lot. Um, so when you learn you want it that bad and you know that you work hard you'll get better um then that, that's the key i mean when i went to the university of florida i had no car my parents were paying for my college tuition full full you know confession but they didn't know it i was skating five and a half miles each way to the skate park I didn't have a car, but I was going to skate that day, every day. And I learned how to jog, which is push with one foot for five or 10, you know, pushes and then switch feet and it's, it's really hard, but it makes it a lot easier on your legs and then skate for, you know, four or five, six hours and then skate home. It took me probably. It was almost a year, probably six, at least six months before I befriended someone who had a car that would take me to the skate park. Mm. Um, And it's a long way. I would go the last bit of civilization I would see before I had the last like half mile or so stretch was Dubs uh, Nightclub. and That's where Tom Petty had just moved to California from. He used to play at dubs with Mud Crutch. And I you know, I skateboarded past that thing back and forth. I I think I only been in there a couple of times, but that was the era when I was skating there. And uh the stop sign and the, the parking lot is still there for Sensation Basin. And if you want it bad enough, you want anything bad enough, that's life's lesson then you go do it. You can do it. You know, I've got a daughter who is scuba diving in Thailand right now. Well, she ran out of money. What'd she do? She moved home just so she could collect more money and go back because that's what she wants to do. And I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. 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 I would
1: love, would love to go with her, but I'm not pretty good at scuba diving.
0: <laughs> uh, sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like the life lesson is uh, another way I've heard it said. is uh, The only way you can fail is to quit. So just uh, never give up. Never give up. That's
1: correct. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. So did you ever get to see Tom Petty in that club?
1: You know, I might have, but I think there might've been alcohol involved. <laughs> um, it, the, the, the club is, it, I think it's still there. Mm-hmm. I did meet a girl there that I dated for a long time. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think I remember, you know, I was, he, that, that whole song, it was right when American girl and this first album came out. Um, and i i remember seeing him later on campus at the o'connell center um and and you know that was you know for him to come home you know and 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 be that successful i mean he's one of my favorite artists right now i I always listen to tom on the Sirius xm so
0: yeah i'm right i'm right there with you Uh, so fortunate to have seen him in concert before he passed and uh yeah it's uh it's a good do- there's a good documentary about him too what you were describing and going from florida to california and just uh just driving out there no no plans really except uh, to sign a deal you know no, no meeting set just gotta go to california that's where the the deals are signed so it, good documentary if you if you ever want to check it out i think it's on netflix but anyway i digress we'll be right back Today's episode is sponsored by Pitney Properties. Pitney Properties provides real estate services to buyers and sellers located in and around the Houston area. Having been raised in Texas, LaVon Pitney is incredibly well versed in the area's housing market and always manages to find her clients those hidden gems that other agents tend to overlook. LaVon's relentless style and integrity allow her to hold client satisfaction at her highest priority. She works hard to make the entire home buying and selling experience as is. Productive and enjoyable as possible. Whether her clients are first-time buyers or seasoned investors, LeBon works tirelessly to accommodate their needs and exceed their expectations. To learn more about LeBon's real estate services, please don't hesitate to call her today at 713-805-8871. That's 713-805-8871. Or contact LeBon at sold at Pitney Properties. Uh, Back, back to um, the kids in. I'm curious, uh, what their reaction is like when you give them these, these new boards, I imagine they're pretty excited.
1: Um, what's funny is their first reaction is, you mean it, I mean, this is mine mm. mm-hmm. and they want to possess it. They want to hug it and make sure that, that no one else, you know, is going to take it away. So, um, one of the things we try to do is, I mean, like if somebody says, hey, I, you know, uh, I've got some average children here. Could you bring a skateboard by? There's one of the guys who's real interested in skating. I always bring, like, two or five. I want to make sure there's enough to have for everybody to have them. So when we go to different neighborhoods and we don't announce it, it's just, we just show up. Um, there's a there's an art form to it, and you have to keep one eye on how many skateboards you have left in the cars and trucks and stuff, and then another eye on how many kids are out there, because you don't want to run out. Then then there becomes that that was, uh, you know, you you want it to be a positive event. Now one of the things they do at Spot and I'm gonna try to see if I can get a hold of them. It's it's a pretty neat thing. They're they're markers. Imagine a a ballpoint pen, but it's like a magic marker. It's got this huge ball, and when you push on it, ink comes out. You can get all the different colors, and so you can write your name, you know, Jane, Judy, Bill, Bob, whatever, um, on the top. Of the grip tape and it gives them ownership this is my skateboard and they get to you know put a little bit of artwork on it as well um that's something that uh, i think is (laughs) maybe a florida thing it's kind of cold when i'm giving away skateboards up here we don't usually hang out and and with, uh, with colors but the the looks on their faces um a lot of them ask me if i'm santa claus um and, and I just say, you know, I work with him, you know, I'm doing what I can. And there's so many people that help us that it, it, it you kind of feel that way. You, mm. you get more out of it than if I went and just bought a new skateboard, you know, hang on my wall because it's, um, a lot of the kids, it's the only thing they get mm. for Christmas of any import. Mm. Um, a lot of the parents will come and give us hugs and then, you know, we try and bring kids that are good skaters. Let's talk about, you know, 16, 18 year old skaters that that could drive, could come with us and they can show the kids, you know, tricks. And then they hand the board to them, go, this is your board. It can do that trick and you can do it too. So it becomes um, an aha moment. It becomes that moment in time when they realize, they go, I've seen this on TV. I've I've, I've seen people doing it, but now I have one. And there's nobody can stop me from doing it. So it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of when my dad first put me in the in the water, 15-foot boat with a 50-evin on it, mm-hmm.
2: and it
1: was salt water. And he drove away, and I said, I can go to China. I can go anywhere. And that's the same thing with a skateboard. It's if you can learn how to master this little magic wheels, little board, it can propel you to be a millionaire like Tony is. Yeah. And a bunch of other guys. are. Even if the kids don't know that they know it inside, they know it's a ticket. And what they do with it is on them. And I always tell them, I go, if you wear this one out, find me. We'll get you another one. But more than likely, there'll be there'll be half of them right off the bat that will be left outside or or be forgotten. Hmm. So they're a lot of fun for a little bit, and then they they sometimes the kids then will just kind of not divorce the skateboard but we'll kind of forget about it abandon it so there's usually extra ones there if you skate a lot there'll be this something in that neighborhood when we leave so you can skate and if you can show up and skate the way that you see some of these kids turn out um getting free stuff is the least of your worries you're gonna you'll get flow that's Flow is the term for it. You you will be sponsored easy enough. All you have to do is show up and be a good representative. And, and of course, it helps to be good. So uh, we try to give them the uh, the correct equipment to do that. So um, that's one of the things. We touched on bearings before, and we still spend a lot of time on bearings. And, And money, because we want the kid to be able to skate. Now, he doesn't need uh, <laughs> diamond-tipped German bearings uh, for slalom, but he it, it needs to be able to roll. And there are some bearings out there that don't even have ball bearings in them. So so you asked me this question about an hour ago. Uh, what do the kids love? They love it. They're usually really, really happy, and then they want us to hold their hands and help them skate. So we try to not just hand them the skateboard and leave. We hang out with them and skate a little bit so that they can get the hang of it and um, and they have a good Christmas, and hopefully it can change their lives. Yeah,
0: that is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, you talked about they may not um, – be interested later on or they stop riding their board. I I can tell you my sons were all skateboarders and, you know, they got their first skateboard when they were young and kind of put it away in the closet. And then maybe later, I don't know, they might've watched a movie, talked to a friend, but they got inspired again and they're back on the board. And, you know, fast forward, my oldest son's uh, 30 and he's still, is on, uh, I think they call them longboards. He, he lives uh, near downtown Houston. That's his mode of transportation, um, you know, for, for short um, you know, trips to the store, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, yeah, that you know, so the whole point of saying that is they might lose interest, but they can certainly get it back later on.
1: Oh, definitely. And then, you know, the longboarding, that the Sector 9 type uh, longboards and um, – that's a hugely popular, um, you know, uh, type of skating. And, and it's, uh, and it's one that is, it's, it works well as you get to be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, um, nice, big, easy, you know, to ride instead of something very technical. Right, and they're and they're great. They're great to have, and it's 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 very similar to the riding the bike. You can always get back on. You might not be able to go as fast as you used to, but you can. You still know the the basic tenets of physics, and, and you don't even realize that you're learning words like physics. But you know, you do learn how to fall, and that um, you got to get back up again. So there's a there's an incentive to not fall.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Speaking of that, what if somebody is just getting into skateboarding? Say uh, a parent's kid is getting into skateboarding, and you know, safety first. So they want to get some information about being safe. Obviously, uh, the equipment, helmets, pads, those type of things. But is there a a good source for learning skateboard safety or teaching it to a kid? You (laughs) no, but
1: Mm -hmm. I could suggest some Uh Um, martial arts. Uh Um, also just in general, you take them over and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to just roll in the grass, you know? And they're like, what do you mean? So, well, you, if you fall down forward and stick your hands out to stop your fall, you'll wind up with really scraped up hands and perhaps a broken wrist. But if you learn how to tuck and roll, you can walk away from most stuff just like you meant to do it. Hmm. So if you spend the time and you wear this, the safety gear that's appropriate for your ability and for the environment you're skating in. Um, and, you know, for me, I I wore, I mean, I didn't even take my shirt off. There was some, the, the concrete was so rough where I skated. Um, so I would have a helmet wrist braces, elbow pads, knee pads. And I had hip pads. So I'd have surf shorts on. And then these huge, like that's huge. Now they're about what I wear. Um, size shorts that would have a pads inside them and to have that. Maybe you need to have, uh, uh, ankle guards. So you, when you slam, you, you, you need to know, I don't know. I see so many kids and even Olympics now they had, if you were over 16 or over 18, they, you didn't have to wear a helmet. Um, I, I'll, I've seen people whack their head. I've had a concussion from skating and, and hitting even with the helmet on. Mm. Um, woke up. I was in the parking lot, sitting in a car. Don't remember any of it. You lot know, mm. of third place that mm. was in Gadsden, Alabama, Hmm. long time ago Hmm. but it's um i think that that it's a great question and that the the pads and the helmets should be strongly encouraged especially until until you learn until you fall enough to know what how to fall in fact that's kind of how you learn tricks is you you see these fancy tricks these guys do, and you go, well, I'm, I'm, I want to do that. Well, you don't start out three feet above the lip. You start out about two feet above the transition. You're barely up the up the bank, and you go a little higher each time. And on the way there, you find out, if I do this, I fall this way. If I do this, I fall this way. If I do this Hey, I, this is, this is the way to do it. And then you just keep going higher and higher until you get to, you know, where your competency at that trick is where you need it to be. But if you don't have the pads with, when, when you make a mistake and you know, the wind blows the gust of air or something catches your, you know, your eye, you can really fall. I and mean, I've seen people, uh Bust their heads pretty good. Um, lots of lots of lots of broken uh, wrists, um, it, and it's I, I don't know why there's not more encouragement to wear pads in contests. But I was glad to see the
0: young kids having to do it in uh, Japan when they were had the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. So Ed, how can your cron listeners help board? board for boards for bros how can people get involved
1: okay so um one way is to to find out if you've got you know old skateboards that you don't need anymore or If you want to, you want to sell them, that's fine too. But a lot of skateboards are those like the hidden 66 Mustang out in the barn that, you know, Mm the kid never came back from World War II from. You know, there's a lot of those finds, and we'd love to have those. If you don't, you know, we're not going to repurpose those. We're going to sell those and make three more because the old classics, uh, the antiques uh, is a big market um our our basic uh, paypal charity site is uh boards bros uh dot org and then it's forward slash donate um you can put a note in there that you heard it you know on scott's scott's um, podcast what is this it's cron you
0: yeah, Your We'll have all this uh, information on the Eurocron website as well.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Um, so right now, um, the, the easiest thing to do is to send it to that website, and then you... When you're doing your PayPal note, you can put in there, I'm in North Carolina, or I'm in Houston or Austin, or I'm in, you know, Denver, you know, I'd like to keep, you know, like this money to be spent locally on kid, you know, we also have, we also have a a program, which I'm terrible at, uh, because of my organizational skills Mm -hmm. is, um, is something like, let's say, IBM or any large corporation, right? They want to have a team-building exercise. Well, we could set it up so we bring all the parts to build skateboards to their parking lot, set it up, and then their employees would then build the skateboards. And they get to do this, and then they can come and give the skateboards away. And there's a, there's a form for it. And you got to fill all this out and get it all, um, arranged, but that's something very popular. I know that, uh, mattress firm, mattress firm, the people that make the, the, the bedding, um, and you see the stores everywhere. They send me skateboards. I mean, they do team building exercises. I don't know where they do them from, but they shit. I get boxes. I'll come home and there's, five boxes on my you know front porch. And they're from you know mid-level managers, a uh, mattress firm, and they build skateboards and they send them to us. And sometimes they send two or three in a box and they spend all this effort on it. And it's just an amazing feeling. Cost us about 40 to 45 bucks to build a, a, a skate, take a skate deck and put brand new trucks, wheels, bearings, uh, grip tape if it needs it, uh, the hardware, um, you know, the the stencil and the spray paint is ancillary, but it, it costs us about 40 to 45 bucks to build a board. So I've got right now, I'm in nervous mode. I've got 200 skateboards in my garage. Um, that's 4,000 bucks. And I don't know how I did it. And, and in, a, in about a week to 10 days, I'm not going to have any out there. And I'll be worried sick now because I don't have enough. Mm. Right now I've got a lot. And then when you give them away, then then your next quest is oh, how do how do I replace these? And we take the donations of the decks. And what we what we really don't we, we appreciate, but we don't really want is old beat up wheels and bearings. That's too much work. We'd rather put brand new, brand new stuff on there. Yeah. And um and make it so the kid has a, um, a quality functioning skateboard to, to ride. Um, so those are, those are some of the ways that we, we, uh, you know, create income. So, you know, we, we only have one paid employee and he's down, um, out of the skate park in Tampa. Um, I'm, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not paid either. Uh, but they did give me an award. They gave me the Bromander and Chief Award last year, or actually earlier this year, which was a big surprise. Um, uh, so it's usually given to skaters that uh, exhibit uh, good karma, giving back and being nice to the skaters that come out and, and watch them at the Tampa Pro and the Tampa Am which are two of the biggest contests every year. So they gave me this uh, this big plaque and uh, I wasn't ready for it at all. Uh, um, That one's not for sale, but everything else I have
2: is.
1: (laughs) And, um, and and then that's what we do. We try to, we try to, you know, spread stoke one skateboard at a time. And um, in the, in the payback is that feeling you asked about, you know, how do the kids feel? when they get a new skateboard well they feel pretty good they're pretty excited about it and you know they, they don't really want us to leave because we're we're helping them learn how to ride the skateboards sure so we you know we do what we can and um you know and i, I really wish I, I have a better answer for your question about about the um you know somebody running into somebody that was positively impacted by our efforts and i mean that 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 will be awesome one day it'll happen but i don't i don't i just don't have that response all i try to do is remember where i went last year and go to a different neighborhood <laughs> yeah i'm all that, I'm... that's the that's the that's the, the fun thing that the cops ran us down last year and i thought we were gonna get thrown out of the neighborhood. And, you know, the sheriff, the lady, she said no. She goes, "I just need you to come to these three houses here. And not, don't miss these kids." Yeah. Like, "Yes, ma'am." That is awesome. We, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty cool, and um, I'm really I'm really excited and and happy and thrilled that you would then have us today and uh, to, to tell the story and whichever misshapen and form I might be. <laughs> um, saying it but it's uh it's uh, it helps me um and it helps us to get the word out and it's you know and if we're all working together you know that's that's the way we make things better
0: yeah well we're certainly happy to do our part and again the organization is boards for org, and they'll um, be more than happy to to take your donation for uh truly great cause and they need the money to build the board so um, be sure to visit that and then um, Ed was kind enough to send his um, bro master in chief uh, award to us so we'll post a picture (laughs) of that on the on the website and there'll be some other pictures and of course the information to uh, be able to help out this very worthwhile organization. Ed it was a it was a true pleasure talking with you, and I can't thank you enough uh, people like yourself that, that give back to the world uh, without a, expectation of anything in return. I think uh, is an amazing thing. We The world can't uh, have enough people like yourself. And um, that brings us to our our last question to wrap up the podcast, what we like to call our legacy question on your Quran. And that is, in 100 years or so, what do you want people to take away from this podcast basically how would you like to be remembered
1: um wow it's wide open um uh it used to be i was you know i was a killer skateboarder um but I wasn't a very nice person i don't think um i try to give back now and and give kids you know a chance to do well. If, if I can be a facilitator of, of giving them an opportunity to express themselves and have some fun and, and, you know, do get some exercise, um, that, and I think I, I had thought of one other thing and that is a, when someone asked me how, how can I get a skateboard or how can I do this? I'll say, well, that's a great question. Let's, Let's figure out how to do it instead of, no, you can't mm-hmm. because you can't. You really can. And um, that's how I'd like to be remembered as someone who can help and support and be a positive influence on people. That's about all you could ask for.
0: His name is Ed Womble. Ed Thank you so much for being on your cron, the name of his organization. Again, boards for bros really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. Very, very inspiring. No, thank you, Scott.
1: I appreciate your time and, and doing all this for us. Uh, it's, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's a thing we do with our passion, but we can only go so far and with, with your, your abilities and your, your, organization uh, to help us get the word out is uh, that's just, you know, it's, it's invaluable. There's no way to, to quantify it. And uh, if there's anything else I can do for you, please let me know. And everybody out there, you know, spread stoke, you know, y'all be cool. And it's for the girls, it's Boards for All. We, we, we had to name it, we named it Boards for Bros. And we, we want it to be inclusive of little boys and little girls. So we do have stickers somewhere with uh, the the kids have a, a ponytail in. So we're 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 trying. We don't want to be just just bros. We're 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 um, we're helping everybody. So uh, thank you so much for the time. And if you guys have any questions, don't you know, feel free to to reach out. And um, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ed.